Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. OCD versus OCPD is our topic of discussion today, and we can open up for Q&A um, after a brief dialogue about it. I actually pulled up the the DSM criteria for OCPD yeah. if we wanted to, you know, if you wanted to talk about it. Uh, yeah, if we want to really pull it apart. Really tear it apart or not, whatever works. So quick question. Um, yep. With Instagram, it keeps going like it's like my phone's going to shut off. What is that? That's new. Oh no. Like you have to keep tapping it. Yeah. Is it cause your battery's low? No, it's fully charged. I got nothing. Son of a Sorry. Mother. Okay. Sorry. Your tech support is, is out of, out of ideas. Okay. Well, it's okay. So we'll see what happens. If I keep touching you guys, it's just because I don't want my screen to go black. Well, Totally understood. I've had to do it before when my phone battery died because my phone battery is often dying. It is not today. Um, oh, no. Okay. Oh, it's like every few seconds. This yeah. is going to be fun. Strap well, in. It's from brightness and settings. Okay. Hmm. Oh, like the brightness is too low? Maybe. I don't know. Okay, hold on. I just, you can set it to stay on longer, she says. Uh, this person says rather not she, um, she, Kelly seems to have disappeared. So, oh, can you hear us? There you are. Yeah. Let's see if it works. Fingers crossed. I made, I made the brightness brighter. Okay. I dig it. I dig it, dude. (laughs) Sorry guys. (laughs) We're going to get to the topic at some point. I assure you. Stay on the rails, okay? Just oh, stay on the rails, Toodle. I forgot to put deodorant on right now, and that's also <laughs> bothering me. It's throwing off my you know, whole game, you guys. Dude, you know that that's like my specialty. I never forget. I, I never remember to put on oh. deodorant, and you always have to bar- let me borrow some. I know. Say, I'm, um, and I always got it on me. So, thank God. What's that say? Um. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's okay. cool. It's cool. Um, Anyways. So OCD versus OCPD, Mm -hmm. bullet points, bullet points, bullet point one, my favorite, my, I feel like this is my, the largest bullet point probably, but, uh, ego syntonic versus ego dystonic is what I think of when I think of OCD versus OCPD. Right. 
So ego so, syntonic. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, here. T- why don't you tell the crowd what ego syntonic means? All right, Kelly. crowd. <laughs> ego syntonic is when the, let's say, like the intrusive thoughts are aligned with your with your values, with your yeah. identity. So for example, somebody who um, is having thoughts about harming somebody they aren't, if it's egocentric, meaning it's like the same, it's aligned with who they are. They aren't bothered by them. They're not seeking help. They're like, yes, I'm so pumped about this. They're not even trying to figure out whether or not that thought is bothering them. They're not like, hmm, but do I like it or do? No, no. They're like, yes, I cannot wait to execute my plan. (laughs) And we'll fantasize about it. They're not coming in our office. Right. Right. Because they don't want to tell anyone because they want to get away with it. Right. At the risk of being totally reassuring. So, but (gasps) here's the thing. So with obsessive compulsive personality disorder, people aren't like pumped about killing people just to be clear. Um, but but that's the, that's the difference. (laughs) I mean, maybe they are going to hand over the baton, my friend. No, I know, but that was, it was a good setup, dude. Yeah. Um, is that like, ego syntonic, this idea of having thoughts that are aligned with what you really want, with your values, with who you are, um, that with, uh, with obsessive compulsive personality disorder, a, a lot of it is about rule following about, uh, it's very, there's a rigidity to it. Um, perfectionism, uh, an unwillingness to let go of control, especially in, in work settings, uh, like I said, from that sort of perfectionistic standpoint. And while people with OCD might feel compelled to do things in a certain manner because they will feel extreme discomfort if they don't or they'll think something bad's going to happen, somebody with obsessive personality uh, – uh, mm-hmm. take two <laughs> – Somebody with obsessive compulsive, I know I didn't even clap in the frame. All right, go ahead. Take two. Obsessive compulsive personality disorder involves people who have those thoughts and think, yeah, things should be perfect. It's everybody else that's the problem. Right. Everybody else is crazy. Like if everyone else was doing it right, they'd do it as rigidly as I'm doing it. Basically. It would be it would be as something as simple as like a font size or a type of font that's used, for example. Right. Say in the work setting, somebody says it's 16 and somebody inputs the data at 14 and or 15.5. And they aren't just like irked by it. They are like disturbed by it. And yeah. they will ensure and go to great lengths that that doesn't happen again. Right. Right. Exactly. Well said. That's Versus if somebody with OCD had a thought like, oh my gosh, I have to get that. That font has to be size 14. And if it's not, I'm going to feel off. So I'm going to have to go through and, and fix it all because otherwise I'm going to feel so uncomfortable that I won't be able to focus. Right. Like that's, it's a feeling. Yeah. It feels yeah. off. Feel like- yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't like that. I don't want to, but it's not like, oh, I I think that's the way that it should be done. There's a, there's almost a, it's the world views. Right. And there's a greater sense of insight in people with OCD about the reasonableness. Yes. And that's where it does sort of in some instances look like just right OCD. 
Yes. And you can certainly see some crossover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like we definitely have, you know, folks who have OCD and OCPD. Mm-hmm. Um, not the ones that are uh, trying to murder anybody, but that's a different diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to go off the rails at the beginning. I, I liked that, actually. I really did. I mean, it is the best way, I think, to explain ego syntonic versus no absolutely it's like whether or not you are aligned with and wanting to follow through and it's something that comes up a lot in the discussion of ocd too and what defines it um however ocpd is not related to that content (laughs) no i mean very much related to like listen there might be somebody with ocpd who wants to kill people i don't know oh i'm sure probably dexter Oh my God, Dexter, Dexter, Although, such a good show. Yeah, I don't know. He might have a crossover. It's not the same cluster, but anyways, moving on. Um, OCPD can also right. have some criteria I know is related to finances. There can be a lot of uh, hoarding of money. Right. Right. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Or stingy. But, What's the language they use? Oh, um, hold on. Let me look it up. Hold on. Hold on. Because I know what you're talking about. Um, scrupulous. No. Hold on. Uh, miserly is the word miserly. that they use. Adopts a miserly spending style toward both self and others. Right. Um, money is viewed. Hold on. Where'd I go? Money is viewed as something to be hoarded for future catastrophes. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Very, very rigid. That's, I, I feel like that's the word of this disorder, right? Is rigid. Rigid to the max, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, therapy did I, therapist did I sound when I said dude? Dude, the most dude. therapisty dude. Um, by the way, you did, crushed it. Um, I see that some people are are asking about different OCD related things, and we do try to keep the the questions related to the topic because people do come back and rewatch these. So um, we do talk about a lot of different uh, themes and topics within OCD. If you check out some of our previous. Um, recordings on our Instagram TVs or on our YouTube page. Um, and we're always open to suggestions about what topics get covered moving forward too. Yep. Did you go over, this is not a replacement for therapy. This is not a replacement for therapy. It is for educational purposes only. Mm-hmm. I did not. So thank you for the reminder, friend. Somebody was asking about, um, cluster B. Um, Okay. So what is cluster B? Not to disturb disturb the OCD talk because I do have that and I'm very interested in working through it. So cluster B actually doesn't even exist anymore. Fun story. But it is an artifact of the DSM-4. Or no, well, the is it still? Hold on. No, no I'm I thinking think... about, um, oh, what's her face? The, what's... What, what are we talking about? Axis one versus axis two. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, about. no, the clusters are still there. They're still I there. Think. Yeah. No, totally. Um, so, would you like to talk about the clusters? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what is in uh, B and C, but I think C is like antisocial and borderline, yeah. and B is OCPD and schizoid, and right. So here I have it. 
Uh, cluster A personality disorders include paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal. Okay. Cluster B is antisocial, borderline, histrionic, narcissistic. Ah, that's right. I should have known that. <laughs> that's okay. I, because I, I, I am in that category. I'm oh, a I'm murderer. so sure. <laughs> Obviously, you're very manipulative. I've often thought that of mm-hmm. you. Um, and then cluster C is avoidant, dependent, or obsessive compulsive okay. personality disorders. Okay. Yep. There you go. It's interesting that somebody on here asked about cluster B, though. Right. Well, because I think you mentioned, maybe because you mentioned cluster B. Well, I just said that's a different cluster. Oh, right. Yeah. Just interesting. Interesting. So. So. um, Also, fun fact about personality disorders, you cannot diagnose them until the person is 18 years and older. So I definitely personally have had a client that meets full criteria, but I can't, you know, I can't actually diagnose that, but treating and treating the OCD can be rather tricky because it's going in line with like, well, is this OCD or is this how you feel like it must be? And everyone else is wrong. Right. So we're going off the anxiety feeling almost right. Like the just right versus no, this is like, you guys are all idiots. Like, this is how this works. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? If you were doing it right, it would look this way. Yes, right. totally. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? In terms of personality disorders in general, too, um, in, in addition to being over the age of 18, generally, we don't diagnose them right away because you have to see a pattern, like a prolonged pattern of behavior. And oftentimes that will take time within the context of therapy to become clear, right? So you wouldn't necessarily diagnose somebody with this right off the bat, um, but you would be watchful for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, And then I was going to say something and I forgot, but Them's oh. the breaks. Oh, you got it. Oh, I think I lost it again. <laughs> Freaking brains, man. Brains. They're the worst. Um, so does anyone have any questions about OCD versus obsessive compulsive personality disorder? No, I really. Like we were in a classroom just then, like we're professors. Oh, does yeah. anyone have any questions? Does anyone have any questions? <laughs> Oh, but they can't, well, no, they can't wave. They can wave. They can't raise their hands. Right. Right. I think you can in Zoom, right? Yes, you can in Zoom. That's accurate, I think. Um, yeah. And, for, and uh, the questions that we have aren't related. So we, we could take some other questions if you want. Sure. Um, do you want to do like five minutes of it? Let's, yeah, let's do five minutes. Okay. Hold the phone. Um what happens to those anxiety OCD cases that are treatment resistant? Somebody asks. Mm, treatment resistant is a very strong language choice because there's a lot of factors that go into what treatment resistant actually is. Yeah. Some people think treatment resistant is just, um, well, go ahead, Lauren. I'm going to let you do this one. <laughs> It's a tough one. And I like, I can totally appreciate where, 
you know, you're weighing it out in your head because I feel like I'm doing the same. Um, I don't think that people are inherently treatment resistant. And when we talk about it, it's interesting because we're talking about personality disorders, right? And one of the, uh, like as a sort of side note, one of the problems I think with the idea of a personality disorder diagnosis, it, it speaks to the pervasiveness of the symptoms and the longevity of them. Mm -hmm. But it sort of insinuates that there's something inherently like that's wrong with the person. which I think is problematic. Right. Exactly. And I I don't agree with that. And likewise, I think that this term treatment resistant, um, often comes with this idea that if a a person is treatment resistant or they are not, and if they are, then we have to look at things differently. Um, now if we look at it as a, a sort of descriptor of, your experience of treatment thus far, like certain treatments haven't been effective for you, then we might start looking at other options too. So um, we were actually just talking about this this recently in one of our staff meetings. Um, We were talking about TMS, Mm -hmm. uh, which is recently, um, I think recently approved for, by the the FDA Mm-hmm. for the treatment of OCD. So that's not necessarily a first line treatment. It's not usually where people go. Exposure and ritual prevention is, um, SSRIs, although we're not doctors, that that's, uh, usually where medical clinicians go first in terms of treating OCD. Um, so if somebody is experiencing a, a harder time navigating treatment with some of the more standard methods, then we start to get creative and we start to introduce other things. And of course, there's also acceptance and commitment therapy, which I actually, it's, you know, more and more, I think, integrated into first line treatments like ERP. Um, But I don't think that there's one way. That's the thing. There's not... Right. This this is what we do with treatment resistant people. This is, and again, I have issue with that, but it, it's, um, here are some options. If this form of treatment isn't supporting you to the extent that might be beneficial for, for living your life. Right. There's just so many, it's such a big question. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for us to answer it. Like, to what that person is specifically asking because it could be that we totally missed the mark on even answering what they were asking. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's so many factors to include here, which is like you said, Lauren is like, is the treatment appropriate for that person? Right. Like let's say this person has an eating disorder that's active, actively, um, they're actively symptomatic. They also have OCD and maybe substance use that's active, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to see them and pretend like we're going to put a Band-Aid over OCD and not address the other things. Like that's right. just not, that's a setup for them to fail. So in right. that case, you might see someone say like, oh, well, they're treatment resistant. Well, not at all, right? Like no. we haven't even, we haven't ruled out anything yet. Yeah. There's a lot of factors involved in treating one person, which is why it's important to see someone who specializes in OCD, who is a therapist, because they will understand the layers involved and what steps need to happen. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the points in what you were saying that is really important is that I think a better way of saying treatment resistant is the person may need more support. Not that they're, in, I don't know. I just don't like the term treatment resistant. It's, it either. insinuates Ugh. being yeah, incapable or something versus, you know what, um, maybe the, the thinking is a little bit more deeply entrenched, right? Like the, the, um, sort of, uh, the belief in the thoughts, for instance, maybe there's, there's a little bit more cognitive fusion going on there. So, um, maybe, uh, if you refer to a psychiatrist, they might start to look at other medications too, that could be beneficial with that. It's just, we all need different levels of support. That's right. all insight. at different times. Yeah. Insight is definitely a big part of it for sure. So to do a big wrap around with OCPD is that oftentimes with OCPD is the person doesn't think again, that it's anyone else, it, that it's not them, that it's everyone else that's the problem. So for them to seek treatment, it's usually that it's somebody else pleading, right? Like a, like a partner um, yeah. or it's interrupted their job and they've lost a job because they're too rigid. Um, right. Cause it can interfere with getting things done too, right? Like sometimes people will be so perfectionistic about how they do things that they won't complete a task because they can't do it correctly. Right. Right. It's like interference with work for sure. So you always want to look when you're looking at motivation, right. For, for improving and getting that person to be more willing is why are we here? Why are you here right now? And let's move towards those goals. And if we can't move towards those goals, then how do we need to pivot and readjust ourselves to the appropriate manner? And a lot of times, I think with OCPD, it's kind of like, this is as far as that person wants to go, despite Mm -hmm. the fact that even the therapist and other people are like, but maybe, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, that's as far you might as they benefit. Want to go. Yeah. 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 That's true. It's true. Same with OCD though. Same with anything, right? Like right. I I can oftentimes see where it would be beneficial to take on certain exposures that people are like, you know what? I'm just not willing to go there. It's like, okay. Right. 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 And not that that's fixed, right? Like that that can change over time that people can come back and say, okay, I'm ready to work on it now. That will often right. happen. We're, we're at our time, my friend. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Thanks well, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for stopping by. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.